You're listening to Staying in the Game, a Plum Dragon Herbs podcast where we have conversations about mindset and techniques for staying at the top of your game. I'm your host, Janelle Leatherwood. Today, we're excited to be speaking with Dan Warburton, a highly sought-after transformational coach who learned the art of entrepreneurship after a lengthy struggle to succeed. He was bullied at school, failed repeatedly in launching business ideas, and became so depressed and angry that he invested every penny he could get a hold of to finding the answer as to why he kept failing. That's when he finally decided to embark on a journey of learning, taking over 200 courses in all types of things such as mindset, communication, leadership, marketing, entrepreneurship. He even became a Tai Chi master, studied with the Buddhist monks, and took a 51-day intensive yoga and meditation course in India. Well, we're excited to have our show today with Dan Wartburton, and he's a transformational coach and an author and has an amazing story to share with us. So if we, you could just begin by telling us a little bit how you got started in coaching. I know it was a little bit of a rough road getting there for you. <laughs> it was. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Absolutely. I, And I just failed in so many different business ideas. It didn't matter what I tried, whatever idea I had, you know, from dog walking, window cleaning, car washing, uh, teaching Italian, uh, you know, bits of, you know, home building repair work, you name it. And I tried it. And I, you know, I began to earn sort of my own money, but I never got past being able to just about pay rent and, I soon found myself back in these kind of repetitive cycles where I kept getting stuck at glass ceilings and I just wasn't satisfied. And so I started to invest in my own self-development and started to ask questions as to why can I never succeed? You know, I see people that are really succeeding in business out there, so it must be possible, but Mm -hmm. why can't I seem to succeed in that way? And so about eight years ago, you know, I've now completed over 200 courses in self-development. Wow. Uh-huh. But, but eight years ago, I was in one of these programs that was all about leadership and how you can only make a clear request of somebody else if you're not hesitant, if you're not trying to hide something or trying to manipulate some you know, someone to do something for you. If there's any hint of manipulation in your tone of language or in how you're being, you can't make a straight request to people. And leadership is founded on making those straight requests. And so I said to my coach at the time, I said, why do I keep failing in business? Like, you know, why is it not succeeding? And he started to ask me questions as to, you know, where am I putting my focus and my energy? And it's great, really powerful questioning. And it brought me back to remember something that happened to me when I was just three years old. And I was three and my brother was one. My mum came out of the shop to give us what she bought. She ignored me and gave it to my brother. And I got really angry with my brother for taking all the love and attention away from me. So I leant over and I bit his ear and he screamed out crying and crying. My father saw this and he runs over and he says, no, you mustn't do that. He's your brother. You must love your brother. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, I, I was shocked by my father speaking to me so sternly. And now my brother was getting even more attention. And what I saw was that in that moment, I was thinking, I'm just not good enough. Nobody wants me. And 
I then realized in that conversation that that was like the foundation that I'd invented or how I'd interpreted myself to really be in the world, which was not good enough and nobody wants me. And so it meant that all my actions and everything I ever did since that event at the age of three was colored by that interpretation I then invented myself in the world. And it meant that I didn't have the confidence in interviews to sell myself effectively. And, you know, like I know a lot of your listeners are into martial arts and things like this. I would, I would, you know, go to school and I would actually try and look confident in the way that I walked. But obviously it gave off the wrong signals because other boys that were bigger than me, they would pick and bully me. And and I got bullied a lot when I was at school. And I realized it's because I had this story that was running me that I'm just not good enough. Nobody wants me. And so it meant that they saw me as an easy pick to beat down and to bully, to have them look good. And so I just kept perpetuating these dynamics of being bullied, of not fitting in. And then it just grew more and more into my businesses and then not being able to make straight requests of people easily, avoiding being interviewed, avoiding selling myself, playing small. And when I then saw that all of that was driven by this thing of trying to be liked or impress people, you know, because I was actually secretly fearful that people would discover that I'm not good enough and nobody wants me. And then I realized that it's not true. I invented it and I don't need to be that way any longer. That was when my life started to really, really shift because no longer did I care so much about what people thought of me. I could go to an interview and I could just have a relaxed conversation and actually not be so frustrated or all that bothered as to whether they would take me on for that position or not because I knew I could have more conversations, create more opportunities. So it enabled me to to have this new, relaxed, easy way of being. And, you know, I I didn't get bullied anymore. I mean, obviously I was much older, but, you know, just those weird dynamics with other bigger guys in bars and pubs, just all of that just vanished. I didn't have it anymore. I was relaxed and people were open to listening to me. and, And it meant I started to sell myself effectively. And my next business is, just began to grow and began to succeed and everything began to get so much easier. And so I continued with this work and doing what I call transformational work, which is where we bring awareness to a way of viewing ourselves and the world that previously is subconscious. We bring awareness to those views, those opinions, subconscious, you know, ways of thinking that we have. And when we become aware of them, we realize, well, they're not true. They don't exist. They don't need to be that anymore. And we get like almost an emotional release. We get a weight taken off our shoulders. And, you know, going forwards, that's now what I specialize in enabling people to do is to have a breakthrough in these ways of viewing themselves in the world, to transform the mindsets that's holding them back from really operating at their best and going forwards and creating those amazing results that they want. Okay. So awareness was just really key for your transformation. After you become aware of what's holding you back, what is like the next step that you need to take? Well, you know, it's like when you're not aware of what's holding yourself back, you think you just need to work harder. You know, you hear that a lot of people say that I've I've got to work harder. I've got to get up earlier, you know, Mm -hmm. but all that that's doing is just doing more of what's created the results now. So we'll just end up creating more of the same results or even less of the results we have because we burn ourselves out and exhaust ourselves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the first thing that happened for me was 
oh, all I need to do is have, you know, the right conversation with the right person that needs what it is that I offer, and that'll change everything. Mm-hmm. And so all of a sudden, I found myself to slow down, become more calculative, and, and start to make choices that were very carefully tailored to invest the energy to move in the right direction to get the results that I want. So naturally, what happens is when we get out the way of ourselves, we start to just become much better at using our energy effectively, right. you know, or just asking somebody for help or guidance. Like before, mm-hmm. I wouldn't do it because if I ask somebody for guidance, they might find out that I'm not good enough, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But of course, after that, I could quite easily in a classroom, you know, or in a seminar, put my hand up and say, I don't understand that. Can you say that again, please? Mm-hmm. You know, and how many people are scared in an audience of saying, I don't understand. Could you repeat that? Because they're worried about what other people would think of them. It's funny, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, right. Yeah, they get in their own way. Yeah, that's, that's it. Success. Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, it kind of reminds me what you're saying about not working so much harder, but just smarter. Like, you know, even in the marketing world, like sending gazillions of emails out, you know, versus connecting with people and building relationships and how much more effective that is when, yeah. you know, you're really seeking out intentionally people that you want to work with and it makes so much more sense, you know? Yeah. Yeah. For them absolutely. To work with you. Yeah. Yeah. Let, so take me back a little bit. You na- you mentioned that you did like over 200 courses. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, you also uh, became a Tai Chi master and you studied personal development and spent time with the Buddhist monks. <laughs> yes. So I, I think that's really fascinating. And tell me a little bit about those experiences. Uh, so because, because I wasn't succeeding, I just questioned, you know, myself, the world and, 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 and I just started to practice new things and try new things out. And I discovered that, that there was a Tai Chi master where I lived in, in Brighton. And I went to his Tai Chi classes that were very small. There were only two or three people with him. But there was something about the becoming totally present and your body almost becoming like an art form that starts to play with energy. And slowing myself down, my thinking down and becoming so focused and so present that I could start to feel these magnetic forces. And I couldn't believe what I was starting to experience in Mm -hmm. spending time with him. And in the end, over three years, I was going to, I mean, it was about three Tai Chi classes with him and they ended up becoming one-on-one with him. And I ended up learning the Yang form and he awarded me the Tai Chi, you know, master certificate because I'd learned the whole Yang form fluidly all the way throughout, you know, and who knows, you know, what a Tai Chi master really is and isn't and when they achieve it or not. Do I feel like I'm, an, I'm a master at Tai Chi? No, I still feel like I'm an absolute beginner in it. But it was just, it was the beginning of me starting to discover something that I enjoyed doing that was physical, that wasn't just, you know, mentally applying myself. I mean, before that, I was into skateboarding and things like that as a youngster. I've never been into football or rugby or any of the kind of, you know, masculine sports. 
but Tai Chi, there was something about it that was so incredible that I really took to it. Yeah, really mm-hmm. got into it. And then tell me about your time with the Buddhist monks. You went without <laughs> food and water for <laughs> well, actually, days. No, I mean, spending time with the Buddhist monks, they were actually in and out of England quite often. So it wasn't like, you know, I traveled far to spend time with them. Mm-hmm. And they taught me how to meditate and this whole thing that you can spend large times, you know, lengths of time in your day actually cultivating love and kindness and visualizing people around the world, people that you've met and sending them this wellness and sending them this love. And that doing that actually gives you a sense of abundance because if in your life you've got time to sit still and to send kindness and love to others, it gives you this feeling of, abundance of plentifulness enough to give to others and and it's funny i still practice that today as part of my morning routine but more recently i really did end up traveling far on one of my programs and okay and i actually completed a 51 day intense yoga retreat okay in india okay and that i was i was pushed to breaking point with seven hours of yoga a day And some of the exercises we'd have to do would be like, we'd have two bricks, like building bricks. And you'd be, you know, in like a press-up position or a push-up position with your hands straight, but your hands are on the bricks on the floor. And then what we'd have to do is then jump with both feet to be between the bricks and then jump back to plank and then jump with both our feet to the left of the bricks, then back to plank, then between the bricks, then back to plank, then to the right of the bricks then back to plank, then between the bricks, then back to plank, then to the left of the bricks, then back to plank. And it was, oh oh my God, I've never done physical work like that. And by now I'd got into yoga for a few years, but this was just next level. This made all my other classes look like some silly little game or, you know, it's like, there's no right or wrong way of doing these things, but there's ways of doing these things that are more effective, maybe for your body type, your personality, whatever. But it was like in the West, the the kinds of yoga that I practiced were very delicate and very light. And this was aggressive. This was hard. And our trainer, she was saying to us, this is just the warmer before you do the work with master. So <laughs> you need to get down with this. And, and she said, you know, whether you like it or not, you've come here because you want to go through evolution faster than you would have done. Because you know that if you evolve faster as a human being, you'll achieve more and you'll get better out of life. So today we're going to evolve. Let's do this. And so she would push us and push us to absolute breaking point. I mean, I just didn't, you know, with by the third day, I thought, what the hell have I done? I've committed to 51 days of this, <laughs> you know. And, <laughs> and, and, you know, after 10 days, I was starting to experience a little bit of this kind of superhuman ability in me, which was that I realized I had so much more energy than I ever thought I had. That was was fasting part of this program or I don't know, maybe I read that wrong. No, there there wasn't fasting on this, but it was a totally vegetarian, in fact, vegan diet. And I was okay Okay. about that because I was already vegan, you Uh know? And so it was, 
going to bed fairly early, getting sort of six, seven hours sleep a night and then waking uh-huh. up. And then I was doing my own yoga routine because I knew that however much of this yoga I did, if I didn't get into the habit of doing my own yoga routine in the morning, when I got back, I wouldn't do it. Oh, and then wow. that's dedication. <laughs> so then I was getting up half an hour up earlier than everyone else, doing my own yoga routine and meditating before we then got in the car. And then I realized the insights I was having was so mind blowing about the level of energy. Where does this energy come from? And who am I? And what am I made of? And where do I come from? And all of this, I just had to write it down. So then I got up another 15 minutes earlier each day to write down my first thoughts of the day. And then at midday, I would then write more. And then in the evenings, I would then you know, and in the end, I, I, I wrote a book and it's 48,000 words. But this was just the beginning of this journey because wow. halfway through this, they then said, OK, so now you're ready for the next level. We're going to go to the Himalayas for this. And, you know, I knew this was part of it, but I just didn't realize how much was involved in the journey. We had to fly from Bangalore to this small little airport at the foot of the Himalayas. And then from there, we got picked up by four by four pickup trucks. And then we drove up into the Himalayas. And it took us four days of traveling and stopping at these different camps. And we went from a motorway to little small tracks to then little dusty stone tracks. And we ended up at 4,250 meters above sea level. And Mm -hmm. people were getting sick. They couldn't breathe properly because there wasn't enough oxygen. And then when we were then dining, because our bodies didn't have enough oxygen, apparently your body then struggles to digest. And what, what, and then Grandmaster Akshar, that's the name of the Grandmaster, was saying to us, if you're having trouble digesting, it's because you do not have enough oxygen. And if you don't have enough oxygen, it's because you've not done enough yoga. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And so we were then getting up at five o'clock in the morning and it was, it was about zero degrees centigrade, zero to one. And you can only get to this place which is a sacred place that's got this lake at the top of this hill, at the top of this mountain. You can only get to this area for three months of the year because the rest of the time it becomes very, very deep in snow oh, and, and you can't you can't get traffic. Like the roads disappeared and no one comes in and out. Mm-hmm. So we were there and what I noticed was that he was barefooted. So I thought, am I here for evolution or am I not? So I then took my sandals off and I did the rest of the yoga trip committed barefoot and there was only me grandmaster akshar and one other yogi that was in yogi training everyone else kept their sandals on but we were then made to climb up steep ravines that had quite sharp sort of stones and edges and he was teaching us how to breathe to literally change the metaphysical structure of our body so that we were able to connect with the with the power and the essence of the universe so much so that we would go beyond our brain's interpretation of what was happening including the pain the cold the tiredness the exhaustion the absolute brutality that we were putting ourselves through and we were then climbing to these top of these ravines and then going into meditation and being taught how to meditate in these freezing cold conditions with the wind whistling around our bodies. And there was a moment when I remembered thinking, you've gone beyond cold. I don't know what you are now. It's fine. We're okay. And to hear that voice that usually is so full of doubt and sabotage to be at that extremity to get with the program was just unbelievable. And 
And then we just carried on going every day doing this yoga, you know, and, and I, I ended up doing one of the hardest postures. I, I can't remember what it's called. If it's called the butterfly, but you basically get into the plank position, but you put your hands next to each other so that your thumbs are touching and your elbows go into your stomach and you lift your whole body up. So you're just on two hands there yeah. and your whole body's, you know, and to hold that, you know, and, and his whole training was all about connecting with the five elements that they saw in his yogic tradition. And they were wind, fire, uh, earth, uh, space. That's a space between particles and I think water or maybe or something, but there's five of them. And he says, you know, in every moment in life, you get to be like the part of the universe that you need to be. Right now, you need to be grounded. Look at that mountain and understand that you come from the same place as that mountain. You are made of the same energy as that mountain. So what makes you different other than a choice in how you choose to be? Mm -hmm. And so he was teaching us to become absolutely unshakable in our commitments like a mountain it's not going anywhere you know yeah yeah and then other times it was to be like water he says you know i'm, I'm going to be making requests and challenges of you and you don't know when i'm going to do them what i'm going to ask you it's, it's going to be up to you to whether you resist and continue to be that like the mountain or that moment you need to let go of being like a mountain become like water ready to just be at ease and flow with whatever challenge i make of you and so he took us through these trainings of becoming these five elements. And, you know, before I went to it, I was still enjoying a little bit of whiskey and the odd cigarette every so often. But after that, I tried to drink a bit of whiskey. I went green. It tasted, I just couldn't do it. And there was no way I was even going to try smoking again. And ever since it has totally, totally rewired my sort of experience of what it means to be human and it's left me the only way i can explain it is vibrating at such a high level of vibration that anything that's intoxicating just now pulls me down doesn't lift me up and it wow. stayed with me this was a year and a half ago when i got back from that trip and i and and even today Every morning for an hour, I wake up and I do my sun salutations like he taught me. And I've got a whole yoga routine that's based on it. I also lace in the Tai Chi that I do. I do some of the Tai Chi movement to get my chi and to get grounded before I then go to the meditation. I then got sections from the Buddhist monks, which is sending love to everyone that has me feel abundant. Then I do a gratitude practice. Then I visualize my future exactly the way I choose it to be. And I, and I walk through videos in my mind of playing exactly the same scenes again and again. And then I complete that with more yoga, listening to empowering audio. And then that's my hour done. And then my day starts. Wow. You do all that in one hour. Yes. Yes. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah. yeah. And I, I'm sure there's so many people who, you know, want to make the argument that they don't have time to do those things, but I bet you would argue if you don't make time for those things, you know, you won't get as much done or, you know, th this is probably helping you. Well, undoubtedly to reach your goals, to visualize and do all those things every morning. Yeah, absolutely. There's two things I would say is firstly, what is the future going to be like if you continue doing what you're doing? Mm -hmm. And what is your opinion of yourself that makes you feel like you don't have enough time? That's the two things to look at. Mm -hmm. It's like, if you continue doing what you're doing, you're always going to get what you've got, you know? And, and it's the, I keep that awareness awake every day that unless I choose a dream future and I take actions towards creating it, I'm just going to have 
a mediocre life. And there will be a day when I wake up with regret that my life has just been the way it is. And it's always going to be that way. Like that regret frightens me. It really frightens me. And I don't know whether other people have just got really good at switching off and ignoring that awareness and just watching Netflix or eating another slice of cake or doing whatever else. I don't know. And, yeah. and, and maybe I've just got the courage to just be honest with myself and just get that. And because I'm able to do that, that fear triggers me into action. And mm-hmm. it just, oh, just, yeah. And then, of wow. course, and the other side of it is then the inspiration of what does become possible if you take action and you, and you implement these things and you take care mm-hmm. of yourself and you put your energy in the right places. How amazing and extraordinary and fulfilling your lifestyle can be. How good would it feel to have people saying to you, congratulations, well done, I'm proud of you. What, you know, what your mum, what are your dad going to say when you succeed? And those mm-hmm. feelings there are what has me also drive forward. So that's the first part of it. The second one for someone that says, I don't have time. It's like, okay, so you don't have time. Why not? And they say, well, because I've got two children and because I've got this routine, you know, because I've got my business I need to run, you know. And so what is it that, you know, what are the skills that you need to take on that would make all the difference, you know, to your life? And it could be anything from time management, being disciplined to actually write down everything that I need to do and actually schedule it in. You know, and when we start doing this and we start asking these questions and like, what are you doing now that's taking up a lot of your time that isn't having you advance towards creating that lifestyle that you want? Be honest, we can all see all sorts of stuff. It's wasting time yeah. on, on social media, Netflix. When the kids are actually in bed, you know, do you actually start focusing what's important to you or do you just like focus on all the stuff that it isn't? And when we really look at that, What's the reason for doing that? Well, the reason for doing that is because there's actually a a fear or a worry about us actually succeeding. Like if we actually succeed, then perhaps there's a fear that we've got to maintain that success and that it could all fall apart and that will look bad and that people will judge us. And when we start to look at things this way, what I've discovered is is what gives us fundamentally an experience of not having enough time is the belief that we are something that's, you know, just not helping us. For instance, if we're in a race and there's 12 of us and the gun gets fired and we all start running and everybody else is fast ahead of me, then I think I am slow. And, and so if we look back at all our experiences in our time, you know, everybody else has got money, everyone else is successful. I haven't, therefore I'm a failure. And so there's all these subconscious ways of viewing ourselves that build up. And because, you know, we end up thinking, I can't, I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. There's no way I can succeed. It then gives us the experience of, I don't have enough time. It's not that we don't have enough time. It's that I think I'm incapable of succeeding or achieving. Therefore, the experience of being incapable is that I don't have enough time. Mm -hmm. And so what I'd say is you need to do the two things. You've got to firstly get clear as to what your future is going to look like if you continue doing what you're doing now, but also get inspired about what it is that you want to create and be inspired about that actually becoming possible. But then secondly is do the deeper inner work to get honest with yourself as to what are these stories that you're carrying out, carrying about yourself 
that has you feel that you can't be successful and you can't be powerful and that you can't manage your time and succeed at everything that you want to succeed at. Mm-hmm. Because until you become aware of whatever's holding you back from being effective and, you know, like the ways of thinking that keep you being ineffective, you're just going to keep thinking like it and nothing's going to change. Yeah. So, yeah, that's really, really good information. And, and you've got, I mean, your experience is so broad. It's so fascinating. All the things <laughs> that you've studied and learned, you've now assimilated that into a program that you offer in coaching. Is there like a certain number of steps in your program? And do you want to cover any of those? Well, the programs that I offer are basically for entrepreneurs that have hit a plateau that feel stuck. And they're not quite sure what to do next or where to put their energy next, or they've got something going and it's just leaving them overwhelmed and they don't know how they can fit it all in. And what it does is I take people for a journey to break through and unlearn all the ways of thinking that no longer serve them while simultaneously having them get clear on that dream future and then breaking it down into action steps that they can actually implement. And that also includes a morning routine, the exercise that's just right for them. You know, they might... I might suggest they work with somebody else around that, you know, the fitness and health things, because I'm predominantly more about the actual achieving results as an entrepreneur. But there needs to be balance in life for us to be able to succeed in business. It's like if you're not getting enough sleep, how can you be awake during the day? If your relationships are out of balance and aren't fulfilling you, like if people keep beating you down and saying you should give up, you know, it's not going to work then we got to look at those relationships and see what's missing in those or, you know, do the relationships need to go, you know? And so it's a very, it's a very thorough deep work that I do with people to ensure long lasting breakthroughs, you know, and actual results. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so would you say that your interactions are more individualized based on what each person needs or do you have kind of like a one size fits all program or step-by-step? No, I'm, 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 I, you know, in this day and age, everybody's moving towards automation and putting your programs online. And I have got some programs online, but even those, I won't just give those out to people unless they work me on a one-on-one because, mm-hmm. you know, it takes very skilled coaching and guidance to have somebody become aware of their shadows and then be mm-hmm. able to move through them and break through them and come out the other side. And I don't think you can do that with an online program. No, nowhere near as effectively as you can in a, you know, in an intimate, skilled conversation. Okay. Mm. Well, um, I want to hear more about your book and then other ways that, you know, people can get in touch with you. Yeah, sure. So, you know, my book, Dream It, Choose It, Live It, it's uh, recommended by this guy here, Robin Sharma. There's me with him there. Okay, great. Yes. Uh Yeah, he's, he's the author of the book, The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. It was, oh. yeah, one of the books that really, you know, changed my life. So, you know, to anyone listening, check that out as well. The Monk Who His Ferrari. But this book, it contains the actual transformational process that I take my clients through. Mm-hmm. And, and you can literally go through the whole journey yourself with this book. But if somebody's really serious about succeeding as, a, as an entrepreneur, then they can reach out to me and just go to danwarburton.com. They can go there. They can schedule a, a complimentary transformational session with me and experience it. You know, I I'm quite free and easy with my time with people. So, and who okay. knows? And then go from there. Yeah. Yeah. And next thing you know, you're on a podcast with somebody. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> How fun. Yeah. 
Well, thank you so much. I'm going to make sure that our um, listeners and viewers um, can know how to get a hold of that book and a hold of you on our website at yeah, plumdragonherbs.com as well. And we really appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, I look forward yeah. to, to, to hearing more of you and, and the channel and what you're up to. Okay, thank you so much. You have a good rest of your night. <laughs> Cheers, bye. I know we're on opposite time zones. So <laughs> I had to catch myself because it's daylight here. So. <laughs> Anyways. Cheers, okay. bye. Okay, bye. If you liked what you heard today, be sure to visit us at plumdragonherbs.com. We will post show notes and ways to connect with our guests. You can also help us share the tools of this Staying in the Game podcast with those you care about by subscribing to our show and leaving us a comment wherever you like to listen. Until next time.